Hey Threadheads, welcome to the Grateful Thread Podcast, where we're creating a community for cool quilting newbies and experienced quilters to unite. So pull up a seat because you can always sit with us. We're your hosts. I'm Lacey of Messy Quilts, and I'm a chicken collector. I'm Ashlyn of Urban Dwell Studio, and I collect babies. <laughs> They're my own, though. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, you had a lot of them. <laughs> hey, Gotta so... Catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> all of the babies. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Okay, so I, before we get started and get into what we're doing today, I wanted to talk about a review we got online, which is super cool. Um, it's from a listener called The Unexpected Quilter, and she says, these two represent me as a quilter, making room for everyone, no matter how skilled or novice at the quilting table. I laughed over and over while saying out loud, me too. If you're just getting into quilting or have been sewing or quilting for years, listen and sip your beverage of choice while feeling uplifted. It's so nice. Those are so cute. I loved like reading through them. They make us feel really good about themselves. But more importantly, they really help us grow this little thing that we're doing. Little. Little. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, we're pretty small town. Small time. Um, But we have some pretty big goals and we'll be reading one from each episode. So if you could share and like leave us a rating which wherever you listen we would love to share them at every or on every episode yeah so i listen to my podcast on apple Podcasts, and i know their star rating mm-hmm. what does spotify have is it- spotify is just stars you can't leave a like written review okay. so apple Podcasts is where it's at so yep. if you're listening on apple we really need you we need your we need them and, and yeah. 47 percent of you are so get on it <laughs> yeah i see you germany and argentina <laughs> Um, Another way we can connect, and I really like this idea, um, is if you're listening to us while you're at your sewing machine or waiting in the school pickup line, you can share a selfie in your stories um, and let us know you're listening. Yeah. Make sure you tag us on Instagram at the Grateful Thread Podcast. Um, We would love to see your beautiful faces and share with this creative community. Um, Our little motto has become, you can sit with us. So we want to see what you're doing when you're listening and sitting with us. Yeah, and I, we were kind of brainstorming today. I think we need our own hashtag. Yeah, so we'll be working on that. We'll be working on it, but I think we should see what our listeners, like, do you guys have any fun (laughs) spinoffs of You Can Sit With Us? We should make our little community, invite everybody. Well, folks, we started this podcast. We knew that when we eventually had guests on, so we wanted to like our interviews to be personalized to our guests and to dive into like who they are and what they do like more specifically and just have our interviews like really reflect their work right like we just didn't we didn't want to just send this form email of a series of questions that every every question is the same question because each interview is going to be um, a different topic um, and if you don't already know who our guest was, you would end up knowing and loving them as much as we do by the end of the episode. Right. Like really filling in those blanks. Like right. You're not just, I mean, there's lots of like celebrity interviews and stuff. And so like the red carpet where they're like, tell me where you ate at Denny's today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who are you wearing? Wanted, like those gaps to be filled in if you aren't necessarily super active on Instagram and you don't know what they post every week, we wanted you to really get to know them from the ground level. Yeah. Um, so our first Grateful Thread podcast um, guest that we had on are Hal and Gina Holiday, and we are honored to introduce them. They are just so passionate. Their ways of thinkings are so unique, and like their talents that they've given to the world are incredibly generous and um <laughs> they met at a real life disco guys <laughs> here in utah How it's, it's the, cool it's the coolest story they'll tell us that story <laughs> yep because like and since they've just they've raised a beautiful family and have had so many adventures um and have recently started this nonprofit for ukrainian refugees which oh. Yeah, Yeah, which was crazy to me because I remember seeing it last year, like, pop up out of nowhere, and I'm like, I have no idea what this is. And even going into this interview, I didn't know as much as I know now. Um, It was quite the tearjerker. Yeah, it was was really cool. (laughs) It was good. Yeah. So, Threadheads, grab your tissues and enjoy our interview with Gina and Hal Halliday. Hi. 
so much thank for you. here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Um, so we will get into the current affairs of the Ukrainian quilts in a little bit, um, in a few moments, but we just want to hear about you, your background, your family life, what brought you together? <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, um, back in the 80s, uh, um, I, went on, I was on a long-term plan to graduate from college because I was having too much fun, um, but I met Hal um, at a disco in Provo, and um, he was at the University of Utah in there to pick up on Provo Girls? Uh, first time I'd been there, but it was a mercy bet. I mean, you might as well disclose it. <laughs> as one does. Um, yeah, so um, I, I see Hal, and I was with my one of my roommates, and she's like, hey, that guy over there, he looks like he's in high school. She goes, I'll give you 20, 15 bucks to go try to pick up on him. I'm like, done. You were on the mercy mission. Yes, I was on the mercy mission. Um, I asked him to dance. Gina's up for any adventure. Yes. So. I am, uh, asked him to dance. Could tell that he was a little bit older and shaved regularly. So uh, he when? Was, yeah, when. He was older than that. Um, and we started dating and um, raised our, moved to University of Chicago. Hal went to Chicago um, to get his MBA. So we moved our family to Chicago. And then he got a job as an investment banker in New York. So we moved our family to New York. And then Los Angeles, San Francisco, Phoenix, back to back to Salt Lake, and um, four years ago. Four years ago, we moved back oh. to Lehigh to be closer to family, yeah. um, our parents and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we've raised four kids, and we've we we're not super talented, but we have got lots of good stories. <laughs> yeah, that's our family's motto. Yeah, maybe not very talented. Yeah, we can't be in the we won't be in the talent show, but we could tell a good story. Yeah. <laughs> We do seek the adventures that lead to good stories. Yeah. <laughs> so, so great. And kids? Four kids. Yep. Four a kids. daughter and four boys. Um, Three boys. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> four total. Four total. Yeah. And two uh, granddaughters who live in Los Angeles. Super cute. With yep. our son and his wife. Um, I, I've had a career as, uh, after an, I'm a reformed, I like to say I'm a reformed investment banker. <laughs> But I've worked in software companies and been a CEO and uh, a CFO. And um, now in the last four years, three years, I guess, I've been helping growth companies develop leaders and coaching CEOs and other leaders um, because I think leadership's a growth lever for companies. And so I've kind of changed from being an executive of a company to being my own little business right now and wow. um, it's been a really great experience and I feel like I want to have more influence outside of the influence I was having at my at a bigger company now I'd like to help as many companies as I can and that has through this experience spread to Ukraine and Poland yeah, yeah that so. culture shift in corporate um, life I have a degree in journalism mm -hmm. and um, I definitely have the need to create I've always been kind of a crafty girl um, from woodworking to help my dad put sprinklers together. I mean, just had that need to make stuff um, and got involved in quilting and thought that I wanted to own a quilt store one day and my husband being the smart guy that he is said, maybe you should go work at one first. So I managed oh. a shop in Southern yeah. California, um, started a pattern company and then started writing a blog about quilting. Um, one of the first blogs, however many years ago that was. Um, 2006. 2006. Um, OG blogger. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. You invented was, blogging. It was the blog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And made money. I mean, it was. Yeah. It's wow. called Quilter's Buzz. Cool. Um, it's no longer in existence. But um, anyway, and then um, opened a quilt store in Southern California and was a gamble, long arm quilting dealer. And so I've kind of done all aspects of quilting, but it satisfies my need to create. And then who introduced you to quilting and when did that? Yeah, start. so um, is that a family thing? My sister was a quilter. My grandma was a crafty knitter and quilter, and my sister really um, is the first person who started me. And the first quilt I made, I hated it, um, and I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> and then I ventured back into a quilt shop and really found a style that I liked. And then I'm like, oh, this is for <laughs> me. And then I really um, kind of took off on it. Okay, so you studied journalism, and then what was your ultimate dream for that? And then I know you've worked a bit with Bernina, and so how yeah. have you utilized that so, specifically? Um, when we met, she was working for the Deseret News okay. as a writer, and that was one of the, after the Mercy 
um, meeting. Yeah. And then she uh, she likes to tell people she gave me her business card that said Deseret News. Oh, a working it. woman. Yeah, yes. That's but it was it. it was with a lot of attitude. Yeah. yeah. Maybe call me sometime. Oh, my Here's yes. my business card. You know, I'm in I'm in college. She's in college, but it she. A lot of confidence in A lot Gina. of confidence. Yeah. Good. That's yeah. hot. It worked. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, it yeah. did. Yeah. I bought it. Yeah. Um, okay, your question. Um, What's your dream for oh, yeah. your degree? Yeah, so with my journalism degree, I thought um, this would be a great opportunity to do a mom job because I think I could work in between kids and everything, and I've written for newspapers and magazines. Um, I wrote the blog. Um, that kind of turned into um, more of a career in quilting because I just started writing about things that I loved in the quilting industry um, and it really appealed to kind of like the younger quilter generation that was coming up. I wrote a lot about modern quilters and designers and stuff and then um, was able to actually be a consultant for some of the fabric companies who were like, hey, we're trying to capture that younger generation of quilters mm -hmm. and so um, I continued to write. Um, and then I now work for a marketing firm um, who, Bernina is their client. They actually found me on LinkedIn. They're like, wait, wow. you're a writer and a sewer. Wow. What a great combination. Cool. And so um, I do some freelance work for them and write press releases and um, blog posts for them. And that's Bernina. amazing. On yeah. top of like literally everything we're about to get into. I know. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, this is just the beginning. Yes. So when did you start Hello Cotton and how did you and Beth meet and become the ultimate BFFs? Yeah, so... Um, through the quilting industry, I had interviewed Beth Hawkins, um, and she had as a business partner, Liz Hawkins. So, sister-in-laws, same name. Uh, yeah. Married brothers. Married brothers, yeah. Um, and their company was Lizzie B. Creative. And so I had interviewed them over the phone for um, my blog, and then we went to Quilt Market as a vendor, and they were just up the aisle from us, and I'm like, you guys! Anyway, we just, we just kind, of, kind of connected, and... Um, and we, Beth invited us um, for Thanksgiving, and we hardly knew her, and we went to Thanksgiving at their house. We've never lived in the same state, and so we were tra we traveled, and we've just been connected ever since then. Um, uh, we've traveled together. Our husbands like each other, and so... Um, you traveled with me on a bike and... Yeah, I went on a bike ride. Um, from Germany to Norway. Wow. And, and so we were the swag wagon, and so we're, we, they, they traveled about... <laughs> Hashtag that. Yeah. <laughs> they traveled about 50 or 60 miles a day, and so we didn't follow them. We were we were off on our own finding things. We, we you were eating croissants. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we literally would get gas and ask the gas station guy, hey, if you were going to eat somewhere in town, where would you eat? Where would you take your mom? And so we would... We just had these fun adventures as we went. So I was looking for, we called it a yarn farm. Um, we are in New Zealand um, because there's always all the yarn stores because of all the sheep. And so we're like, Where's, we need a yarn farm. We need to buy some yarn. Anyway, so we've had great, we've done run businesses together um, and have just stayed connected for the last 15 years. Wow, and so um, we kind of retired from the business. Um, uh, I had a shop. I sold my shop. She did uh, designed fabric and did patterns and I did patterns and we kind of retired as our, our kids were getting married and starting to have grandkids and then we looked at each other like wait we still want to do more yeah. so Always we said crafting yeah, yeah so we're like let's start a kind of an online store we um, wanted to do it differently though this time yeah we want to do kits and do tutorials and just really make what we liked and we thought thought that there'd be enough people out there to, yeah. to like what we like that we liked so we um a year ago year about the end of the end of 2021 we're like okay let's start hello cotton so we um got our business license and got our wholesale license we had a project plan we went to order our first set of fabric half of it was available the other half was still on a ship in long beach somewhere wow. because of covid so we decided um okay well let's just wait to the first of the year and then we'll get going once yeah, we get COVID all of our just goes away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. COVID um, will be over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the first of the year happened, and a few months into 2022, the war happened um, in Ukraine. And so we quickly pivoted, and Hello Cottons became Wrap Ukraine with Quilts, and that's because of Hal. Yeah. So tell so. us about, like, your connection to Ukraine. Yeah. So um, I like riding my bike in faraway places, as has been mentioned, and Gina's often been there. Swagwagon girl. Swagwagon girl. And um, I got invited to ride my bike through Western Ukraine to Krakow, Poland, 
in August of 2021. That's when we were going to go. And uh, I said, of course I want to go. So I, I'm planning on that. And I meet this guy in Lehigh who uh, at a networking event and he sounded Russian to me. I asked him if he was from Russia and he said, no, I'm Ukrainian. And he was very proud about that yeah. and as he should be. And I'd never met anyone. I'd never met a, a Ukrainian. And he, he said, I'm working here. <clears throat> My company's based in Western Ukraine in Lviv. I said, I'm riding through Lviv. I said, tell me about your city and your, your, com your company. And he suggested that I teach a leadership workshop because that's, mm -hmm. I teach leadership development and help companies develop leaders. He said, you should stop in Lviv at my company SoftServe and do a workshop. And that seemed like a long shot, <laughs> but I somehow, he got me in touch with the person and, and I did this workshop while I'm riding my bike through <laughs> Ukraine Just into wow. Poland. hop off your yeah. bike and yeah. put yeah. the I mean, bike we took our bikes to the, <laughs> to the company and we taught it in bike gear oh, like shoes and <laughs> all of it wow. because part of the workshop was how adventure and you know like riding your bike through a foreign country is a bit of an adventure yeah, and yeah. in ukraine even more so and uh and it leads to innovation it leads to getting out of your comfort zone and seeing things differently so that was so we did just ride through and do it anyway the person that i was working there her name's natalia and um I did a couple of other workshops virtually for her and her company through the end of 2021. But when the war, and I had a big plan to do a lot of work for them um, all through 2022, and then the war happened. And I you know, was working weekly with her creating this plan. And so we just got to know each other enough. But when the war happened, she right before the war happened, she started sending me pictures of her family. And I told Gina, I feel like, and you'd kind of gotten to know her because of all the work I'd done. And I said, I feel like she just wants us to know that she exists and somebody outside of Ukraine has a record for who she is and what her family is. And I said, it feels like she just wants to be seen. And um, then she said she had, to, she had to leave. She didn't feel safe with her kids. And so she sends us just, just like, without any intention on her part, just, hey, here's my kids at the border. And there's these seven kids, two of them, of, them, of them were hers. All they had was a plastic garbage bag of clothes. Two of them had suitcases or roller, you know, like roller bags you'd take on an airplane. The other kids had literally grocery bags of clothes. Nothing personal, nothing unique to them, nothing that would comfort them or just like the very basics. And they're leaving their country. They're leaving their dad. They're leaving their older brother who's in his 20s. And who knows if they'll see him again. And it really moved us. We just, we just said, we, what can we do? Right, right. So yeah. essentially, you were just wanting to sort of kind of help a couple women. Well, we thought we were going to help her. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Natalia, right, right. what so if just, we sent yeah, you what, some quilts? Yeah. Would that be helpful to you? And so tears ran down her yeah. cheeks, and she said, um, "I can't believe an American would wow. want to help a Ukrainian." Wow. wow. And then from there, so then. How did Wrap Ukraine with Quilts Mission, so that's essentially where it started, and then what did you think you could accomplish yeah. initially, like from that moment? Like what do you yeah. so, you're like, oh, um, we can, we can, can make, we can make more a couple more quilts. Right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, we I, can help her family and the other kids. And then she has friends. Yeah. Right. So right. I, okay. I contacted Beth and I'm like, hey, you know, I want to send, we want to send quilts to Ukraine to our friend Natalia. Um, what if we put it out there? I mean, we probably had like a couple hundred followers on Hello Cottons at that point, right? Right. right. Or less. Or less. <laughs> and just said, and just said Couple hundred. let's just put it out. Like let's just put it out there and say we're gonna collect quilts for Ukraine. That was in the middle of March. Um, on that was March 17th. On March 18th, we got quilts on my front porch. We've gotten quilts and donations every single day since then. It's been amazing. Quilting community. So um, we had no goal. We, we thought, let's just get some quilts and we can get them to Natalia. Natalia can We didn't know them. how we'd get them there. We didn't know how to get them there. You know, we hadn't figured that out. Um, we looked at each other and Gina said to me, what if we get like 500? How, what, what, what will we do? Where, where, would, where do we keep them? How do we get them there? And, and I said, that would be a really cool problem to try and solve. Because <laughs> right. yeah. that's a lot of support for this. And it's way beyond what we think is possible. So if that happens, we'll figure it out. And, and truthfully... We had this really pure purpose to help this these people, and that has attracted problem solvers. I called a friend of mine who I'd worked with and said, can you help us with a landing page? 
and he created this QR code idea and quilt registration, which is really was a game yeah. changer right away. Um, you can talk about that, but yeah, we'd contacted um, Missouri Star Quilt Company. They're friends of ours. Right, um, they did you? hurricane relief. Yeah, quilts they did hurricane relief for Katrina. Scale. I think it was Katrina. Yeah, and so we talked with um, Meg, who was over that, and um, realized early on that distribution is the hardest problem. Okay. Like collecting quilts. Like of course, we're thinking, right. yeah. we're thinking we're still going to get a couple hundred, right? Right. But she said, you know, once you collect the quilts and then take them to where they're needed, they usually are ended up in a warehouse or something. They don't get distributed very well. So we knew that distribution had to be a key component. Yeah, um, and people are super cautious about giving money or even their quilt. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You know, where's yeah. it going to go? Who's going to get it? Is it going to end up in a warehouse? Right. Yeah. Right. right. For and sure. How long will it sit there? Yeah, and, absolutely. And I mean, across my mind. So I went, you know, a month after we started, I went to Poland with... Um, a couple hundred quilts. Yeah. Bags of quilts as extra baggage and trying to find a guy who'd been serving food at the border um, and found him and he had access to... He knew where all the refugees were because he had a food truck and he was feeding all these refugees. And we gave we gave these quilts to people. And, and um, at first it was kind of, I had a, a Ukrainian guy with me who was translating. It just didn't really connect, didn't work. Um, and it was frustrating to me. Uh, but the refugees, you know, who've just come across the border are very fearful. Um, fearful of, you know, they're in a new country, by themselves or with their kids, but not with um, their full family. And they're just, you know, they just don't know who to trust. And anyway, at the end of the day, after serving food at the border, I asked the person person I was serving food with, and she was the first person we gave quilts to. Her name's Masha. I said, hey, Masha, would you go in this refugee center with me to give this other bag of quilts away? And she's like, yeah, of course. And she just took over. She took the quilts. Everyone, there's 10,000 cots in a giant warehouse. That's what this place looks like. And she just walked up to mothers and kids, got down on her knees, looked at them right in the eye, and said, American mothers, she called, she said, Americanische mamas, but American mothers have made this for you. And that was a game changer. She, her, this was a, a mother, a Ukrainian refugee, and someone who could speak both languages, and that made the difference. Um, so we realized right then we had to have. So Masha's given, you know, thousands of quilts yeah. away with us <laughs> when we've gone back. She's important to the equation. But it was a mother giving the quilt that really made the difference. Me giving it was awkward, right. I realized. But this Ukrainian mother sharing it and saying, and another mother in the United States has handmade this for you. And we realized then that it was. We weren't so sure at the time, you know, we thought the quilt was a cool thing. Gina's a quilter. We get it. We know what a quilt is. But honestly, it was the love, the comfort, not just the warmth. And that we the, see, Like warmth we see, was like the fifth thing on the yeah, list. Yeah, we see you. Right. We care about you. And that was the message. Um, and we saw how powerful that was. Um, time after time, we saw how one quilt wrapped around the shoulders of one person made them feel right and um that probably is the fuel that yeah, keeps us right, going yeah. you know um, blankets can solve the problem of warmth and a right. quilt is right a literal comfort item uh, yes yeah and yeah. so that's just and that, that it's handmade yep mm-hmm. that every quilt is made just about as a gift mm-hmm. you know and that's um, very unique yeah, yeah. and yes. that you know when you give a quilt to a little seven-year-old boy and he drags it around and leaves it in the playground, they know that that's that kid's quilt and they're going to get it back to him, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's something that they own that's their own. Um, and so, yeah, so that just spurred us on. Um, and Talk about the QR code, maybe. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. Do you, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, so, um, so we register each quilt, um, and on that registration form, there's a QR code at the bottom that if you were sending me a quilt from Wisconsin... I can scan that QR code and send a message back to you that says, we got your quilt and it's on its way to refugees. So as a quilt maker, when you give quilts away, you now know that at least it's on its way to refugees. And it got to us. And it got to us, right? 
Um, on that same registration form, we wrote a message in Ukraine, or in English, translated into Ukraine. And so now the person who receives a quilt can scan that QR code. They all, almost everybody has a smartphone. Right. Um, it's a, sm a small bag of whatever and a smartphone and their charger. Because right. <laughs> um, that's how they're communicating. But they can scan that QR code and send a message back to the person who made the quilt. That's made a huge difference. The messages that we've gotten back, so we get a copy of it. They don't have access to your email, but through our system, through our software system that we use, um, they can send a message back to that quilt maker, and that's made a huge difference. As people get these messages back and photos and things like that, they're like, I'm making more. Wow. I've so cool. made a difference. Yeah, it's been incredible. And they've become friends. Yeah, they've cases. become Facebook friends and pen pal friends and Instagram oh, friends. Pen pals. And, pen pals. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a. It's an so awesome special. thing. So. so what are the current logistics of shipping all of the quilts? How are you guys getting yeah, them? Yeah, so knowing that distribution was, you know, how to get them not only to Ukraine or Poland. Right. Um, so we, I took the first quilts. Right. And right. then I met some this people. Many. Ikea bags. Yeah, yeah, this many. Bags, yeah. Right? yeah. And had this great experience, took some photos and video, and that was awesome. And it really showed what, what the impact was. So then we thought, well, we'll just ship some more to some contacts I'd made there. Um, packed up a bag, 50 pounds, yeah, 50 <laughs> pounds, um, and we had people that would give them out. That 50-pound box was $1,800 to ship. Through, I checked UPS, US Mail, I checked everything, and it was about $1,800. We're like, okay, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went. I registered our charity online with a... Um, a service called Just Serve, mm -hmm. um, and while I was there, I saw that there was another charity that was sending um, cargo containers of humanitarian aid to Ukraine, and that was Lifting Hands International. I looked them up. They have one location in the United States. It's five miles from my house, so it's in American Fork, Utah. Oh um, I connected with them. Their goal: every cargo container that they send, they needed two to three thousand uh, quilts or blankets, and I'm like. Well, I think I could help you do that. That's right. a goal. Yeah, that's a goal, right? <laughs> so um, we went from sending them every couple of weeks to now we're pretty much every week, sometimes twice a week, we make a delivery to them or they come and pick up wow. a delivery. So, so they have um, eight different locations in Moldova, Romania, Poland, and Ukraine where they have people that receive the goods and then get them to the places that they're most needed. So they have people boots on the ground. They understand customs, and so our distribution challenge was gone. Um, and so they have been able to get them to where they're needed, and it's been amazing. Yeah, so with the distribution unlimited, we're now focused on getting Numbers. more. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, we did briefly touch about this, just the efforts going on in Poland to help the refugee, refugees. Um, are there any other cool programs and services that have been initiated by the civilians? Yeah, I'd love to hear. them as well, like more? Right? Yeah, I'd love to hear more about like how you know Harry and like how yeah, that relationship started. So I went, I went in April, July, and September. We, Gina and I went in July and September together. But what I saw when it was hot and heavy in April, I mean, there's, there's hundreds of thousands crossing the border. Um, there's a lot of security there. But what it wasn't, was the government like organizing, telling people where to go. I mean, there was security and there was food and other things, but literally Polish people driving up in a car saying, I can take a mother and two kids and them saying, I've got a mother and two kids, you go with them. I mean, it literally was the Polish people just saying, we will put you in our homes. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it just... Wow. Uh, it just was so organic and so it was just out of people's care and love for their neighbor rather than a program. It just right. did not seem like a program at yeah. all. And so that was really inspiring. And by the way, um, I think it's, I think almost 8 million Ukrainian refugees Are went to Poland. Poland. Wow. Yeah. And um, that's, and it's, they're just, there are centers where they live in hotels, but Initially, a lot of them, before that got organized, they just went and lived in people's homes. And Harry, bringing food, um, the World Food uh, World, uh, Central, World Central Kitchen, Kitchen yes. um, got food. Um, and so he started hiring refugee women but to he, cook. But he, he, okay. he had Ukrainian employees. Yeah. And they said, we just got texts from what it's like at the border and saw pictures. 
it is a human humanitarian crisis and there's no plan for all these people and no food can we take our food truck and drive to the border and so these guys three of them went to the border and slept in their car for like six weeks and I don't, I don't know the details of how they lived the rest of their lives. But they literally lived at the border for six weeks and served food out of his own pocket. Oh this was gosh. before the, the World Central Kitchen. Wow. And um, he kind Serving of... Serving Ukrainian food wow. to Ukraines. Wow. By Ukrainians. By, made by, by Ukrainians. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so... So we've stayed in contact with Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a vision to, uh, to do a... Um, He's, he's kind of setting up a community center um, in um, Katowice, uh, Poland. And we thought that we could bring sewing machines there um, and set up some sewing workshops. Yeah. And so it was his facility that we did it in. Super so cool. we've stayed in contact with Harry. Yeah. <laughs> and then who's running the sewing centers? Yeah, so, right so interesting. Yeah. Masha, who was our first person <laughs> we gave yeah, a quilt yeah. to, right? Um, Harry had hired her. He works in his, in his kitchen. And I met her at his kitchen. She had just come from Kiev. And, and her story was literally missiles. She could see the missiles and bombing the apartment buildings. And so her mom and her kids and her sister, they fled and ended up in... And they were in Katowice at Harry's kitchen. I was there to meet Harry and see his kitchen and meet the refugees working there. She wasn't working there yet. She just arrived. And mm-hmm. so... We said, well, we want to give these quilts to some refugees. And he said, well, we just got a family that just showed up right here and introduced us to Masha. And she spoke enough English that that was really yeah. cool. And then, of course, I told the story about how instrumental she has been in distributing quilts. And now she's... Yeah. And so then um, we set up three different sewing workshops. And so we actually hired her part-time. And so she knows how to sew. Um, and so she's going on weekends and teaching these women how to sew. Um, Initially, we thought um, if they could earn just a couple hundred dollars, they could elevate their level of living. Right. Um, and so we taught them how to make simple things, hair bows and mm-hmm. uh, zippy bags and small backpacks and some small quilts that they could make and sell um, to just earn some money. And so Masha's running that for us oh, now. Nice. So we have 30 sewing machines that we raise money for um, and set up three different sewing centers. And we just got a request actually yesterday for three more sewing okay. centers so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about what that meant for the refugees yeah i mean we we thought it was to help them raise some money that was what we how we thought we were helping do you want me to no you're yeah, okay yeah yeah, yeah. so we um decided to put a humanitarian trip together and um which is the next question yep. was yeah, that, yeah, okay. yeah you're yeah, okay, right good. on the money yeah, so um we in a matter of a couple of days we put together a trip and said we're going to Poland we're going to help people um, and we raised the money for the sewing machines and we had 32 people that went on this trip with us um, so we did a workshop so we uh, the refugees came in and um, our vision was to teach them how to sew um, as the refugees came in we could tell that they were stressed on their face and we had one woman that was with us that grew up in Ukraine but now lives in Vineyard Utah um, Tatiana and she could tell that there was something off so she took these women in another room and she says why are you guys so stressed I can sense that you're stressed about this fun sewing right. day that we wanted to plan <laughs> and they said they thought that they were there to pass a test on their sewing skills really yes and that's how kind of their culture is you know yeah. you you do a skills test you pass it off and so they thought that they were there to be tested on their sewing skills. You're a good refugee, you're not a good yeah. refugee. Yeah, right. And so they Ukrainian, were, yeah. Not a good yeah. Ukrainian. So she explained to them, you know, yeah. what we were doing. And then um, we did two days of sewing. They, We totally had a language barrier. We used Google Translate, a lot of sign language, That's you know, <laughs> like and teaching them how to sew. Um, and at the end of the day, um, they said that it was the first time in eight, about seven months, I guess, at that point, that they hadn't thought about the war and what was going on. Um, I forgot, I mean, the reason why I sew is for, you know, just enjoyment and to get out of your head and it's it's therapeutic and all of that stuff. And that's what it was for them. So there was that side benefit of that joy. And so then we had initially bought these 15 sewing machines in Poland to set up the sewing center. And then some of the refugees were from Krakow um, which is about an hour from Katowice. And so they said, can you set up a sewing center 
at our place. So we set up two more sewing centers by the time we left. Um, and so Masha's helping us run those. But, um, and <clears throat> we've had amazing fabric companies donate um, uh, locally here. Riley Blake Fabrics donated tons of fabric um, and sent their daughter Riley actually on our oh, trip wow. with us. Um, and then um, uh, Robert Kaufman Fabrics sent us a pallet of fabric. And so it's been amazing. Everyone just has kind of stepped up. Yeah, the quilting community is just yeah. so generous. Yes, yeah, so generous. Um, and then what about like the people? I think we kind of touched on it, but I, when we did our sew-in day recently, you mentioned like what these people were doing right before they fled yeah. and what their life is like now. And I just like, they are so similar to us. Right. And like that uprooting of their lives. Yeah, is just I, you know, perfect. they were they were getting their nails done. They were going to soccer games. They were dropping their kids off at school. They were having going to their their job until their apartment building blow, blew up or their a missile comes buzzing by. Um, we actually just talked to Natalia this morning um, and she'd sent us pictures of her daughter uh, her birthday and she was at, they had done a bowling party okay. and this was in Lviv, yeah. um, Ukraine. And it was the same day that the apartment buildings in Dnipro. Dnipro got bombed. And so they're at this bowling party. These apartment buildings get bombed. They had to stop stop what they were doing, evacuate. No, uh, They had had people plan to come and pick up the kids after the bowling party. Mm -hmm. They could not fit everybody into the car to evacuate. So she got stuffed as many kids in the car. She ended up her, sent her dad home with these kids. She walked home an hour because there wasn't room for her in the car. And just, that's their daily life. They're living with this craziness of, we, we met with, um, uh, we saw a woman, we met a woman when we were there who had fled with her um, son, jumped on a train as a train's pulling out, heading to Poland. Um, the Russian army was shooting at the train. The train commander had to say, everyone turn off all of your lights, turn off your cell phones, turn off everything, get down on the ground and they flew out of there as fast as they bullets could. Hitting bullets, the train. bullets hitting wow. the train. Um, so the wow. stress level, yeah. not only of your life, but right. not knowing what's happening for your future, what's happening it's, with your husbands, brothers, wow. boyfriends, dads, um, is pretty intense. Yeah, it, awesome. You know, we, from afar, we've seen refugees leave other places and, and they've often been not Ukraine is not quite a first world country, but still has a lot of things. And so these are these are smart women who speak three and four languages, like Natalia speaks five languages and um, has a great career as a leadership development vice president at a 15,000 person software company, but she's a refugee. And uh, that's that was sort of interesting to process that these are women who aren't you know, who just have the same lives we do and are successful and smart and capable, but can't live with their kids in a place that's so dangerous and so traumatic. And some of the, you know, Lviv has been bombed, but mostly bombed. Like, you know, I talk to Natalia pretty regularly and they lose power all the time because they bomb the utility grid. Yeah. But they, they haven't, no one's died in Lviv, but still the sirens go off four to five times to go a day the bomb shelters. Wow. and that's just every day just and the yeah. kids she's you know we've had people say I, I just can't let my kids live in a place where you're in fear all day long every day of being bombed so they've moved to Poland and the companies they've worked for have placed them in Poland and so the being able to work remotely has been helpful to yeah. them yeah so we briefly talked earlier about how uh, the quilts at the beginning quilts on the cots to the people, how are they being used now? Where do you see them? Yes, yeah, so um, originally we thought that we just wanted to collect kind of kid-sized quilts. Great One, because we could pack more in, mm -hmm. and two, um, you know, we are trying to meet that need. And we thought they were transient. You know, we see women with a stroller, two kids, and everything they own on a stroller, you know, moving from the train station, finding a place to live. So we knew they were transient. Now, people are more settled. Um, they're not going back to Ukraine for a long time. Because if the war ended tomorrow, there's no housing. They still have to rebuild all of that. And so now we're asking for bigger quilts because now they're in apartments or they're in a converted hotel. 
Um, so we're asking from baby size to bed size, um, all size quilts. Um, but they, um, they desperately want to go home. And people have gone home even when it's unsafe because they want to see their husbands and their dads and stuff. And to make those decisions is, is hard, right? Yeah. To have to decide, yeah. you know, your kids are crying for their dad. Um, anyway, I, I can't even imagine. I, I did meet these sweet three women. Actually, they made it to Sandy, Utah. They had a relative in Sandy, Utah. And they had driven um, about 60 hours straight to escape. It's a two-lane road. And so it's just a line of people trying to get out. If you stop to sleep, you don't get back in line. The guy behind you would let you in if you had to get gas or a drink and let you back in. But if you stopped to sleep, you had to go back to the end of the line. So they drove literally 60 hours straight and went to about several different countries before they found a way through Mexico. They ended up flying to Mexico to get into the United States, to get into Sandy. Um, and they traveled, they smuggled in a cat because they didn't know they were flying. And almost everybody has a cat or a dog in Ukraine. <laughs> they smuggled in a cat on the plane. They make it, they make it to California. And so their relative picked them up from Sandy, met them in at the border. In San Diego. Um, and they got here, um, and so I met them, heard that story, took them quilts. The cat that they smuggled in ended up being pregnant. Oh my and God! So literally, I like, want one of these. Yeah, kids. like two two weeks after they got to the United States, she has these kittens, and I said. I believe they're American citizens yeah. because they're born in the United States, yeah. right? This is um, how it works. And so full, coming full circle, we took them quilts, and then about three weeks later, their neighbor was having a quilting party to make quilts for us. Uh -huh. They came, learned how to tie quilts, and so they were making quilts to give to me to send to their friends in Ukraine. Wow. And so um, just, you know, they're just... Anyway, so we have friends in Poland, we had friends in Ukraine and never even knew anybody there before. So. <laughs> and then how? While you were there last year, you had a very unique opportunity. We would love to hear about your TED Talk, how it came about, and have you explain BlackRock thinking. Yeah, wow. I'd love to. Um, I've, uh, I've had this tool that I use. In fact, I brought one to give you guys. I didn't know I was going to talk about it, but I'm going to get it out and I'll get you your reaction. the questions. Yeah, my this, turn. Is, this is a visual, um, so I'll let you explain what's ha what and happens. Can, and we can add it to our website. Yeah, yeah. 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 great, okay. great. Okay. We'll add it to so, our um, you know, I I thought I had an idea worth sharing, and uh, so I had applied to some TED Talks and hadn't been accepted, and we knew we were going to be in Poland, uh, around Krakow, and I thought, well, maybe there's somewhere near there in Europe that I, while I'm there, I could give a TED Talk. And we hadn't originally planned to do our workshops in Katowice, but then Harry said, hey, I've got this space. Do you want to put it here? Well, it turns out we're there at the end of the last week of September, and October 8th is TEDx Katowice. So the town we were going to be in had a TED TEDx talk. A week later. Like here, do this. Yes. 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 Here's and the so, Red Sea Park. <laughs> so I asked how, if I could apply and, you know, what's the process? And I told them what we were doing with Ukraine and refugees. And they said, yeah, come do your TED Talk. So uh, on October 8th, after everyone left October 1st, um, in this theater that is 20 miles from Auschwitz. So, and my talk starts with Auschwitz. It was just crazy. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, this is a black rock. Would you agree it looks black? It's a yes, black rock. It looks it like we all sitting. agree it's black. Yes. Um, and uh, Hitler saw Jews as just a black rock um, and exterminated a million of them 20 miles from where we were in the theater. Uh, Putin sees Ukrainians as just a black rock, you know, kind of a commodity, not, not as unique or human, but as common as a black rock. Sometimes companies see their employees this same way. Um, just just an asset or just a commodity, but nothing unique or personal. And sometimes we even see ourselves this way, where we can't see that we've got something that's infinite or incredible. So here's <laughs> the cool part. Um, 
what what are the chances that I could convince you that this black rock is black in the next two seconds isn't black? When you turn your phone on and turn the flashlight on, which I've done, right? You can see that. And I put this black rock on this light. It turns what? Clear. It's see-through. It's, yeah. Yep. See-through. See, I can see your finger on the other side of this rock. It's definitely not black. Right, like a crystal, right? Yes. Yeah. And it hasn't changed, but how we see it has changed, which is the powerful message. And the message um, for all of us is to, one, be curious and see what am I not seeing or what am I not missing. Maybe put some more light on something by asking some questions or being curious and less judgmental. Now, our eyes tricked us. We thought we knew that our eyes would tell us the truth, but... In a different scenario with different light, we found out it wasn't true. So being more curious, putting more light on things, and ultimately seeing the light in others and treating them as if that's all you see would help everybody, right? And it's a great leadership tool, but it's really a tool for to make our world better, right? Absolutely. So I hadn't I just did the TED talk. I we <laughs> yeah. we we Gina and I got there early and we we taped 300 of these under the seats of the theater so everybody could have this experience at the end of the TED talk. And it just came out on YouTube like last week. But um it's like Oprah when she's like everybody look under your seat. Right. <laughs> but yeah. you came to the audience and their you faces are like it's you not get a rock. <laughs> you get a rock. Yeah. Um they were confused by it probably yeah. more than anything. But um, when I got back, I thought, you know, I'd really like people to have this to, for themselves, but to share it with other people because it's really just an important message. And so I decided I'm going to try and give 100,000 of these away. That's a lot. Yes. Who knows? I mean, I didn't think I at? could give. Yes, I do. <laughs> I didn't think I could give. I didn't think we could collect <coughs> a thousand quilts we've collected 21,000, that, right? That's our next that's question. Our okay, I'm not going to talk about that. I didn't mean to be no, the spoiler. Okay. But the point you. is, there's no way we Stop believed that was possible. It wasn't even in our wildest imagination. And so I thought, but if I give 100,000 away, however long it takes, and you, each of you, tell nine people about it, then a million people might be more curious and less judgmental, might make the world better, so that's what I'm doing. And I am counting. So I've got 452. Yes. 453. I got, I got I and 453. Yeah. That's, my new, that's my lottery number now. Yeah, right? Guys, yeah. these literally have numbers written on them. Yeah. They're in bags and they have 453 out yeah. of 100,000. And tell yes. me about the QR code in yeah. the bag. Yeah, so if... Someone, if you know, if you saw somebody that said, hey, I'd like one of these, yeah. I'll send it to anybody okay. for free. There's, you know, like a few dollars shipping. But um, so if someone does want them, want one, they can have their own because I want as many people as possible to have it. And, and then you keep that little card on your desk and then people will say, what is that? What is that? Yep. Yeah, we'll link this in the show notes and we'll definitely Take be sharing pictures. this on Instagram. Yep. Yep. Okay, so yep. everybody's at their sewing machines, at their carpool pickup got us in your ear the one thing we want to know is how many of you collected yep so what yeah, was so, the official number you said 21 yeah 000? so we're gonna hit twenty-one thousand. um actually have like 400 in my living room right now so we'll hit twenty-one thousand this week march of march 17th of of yes not a year yet and we're not at the even end of january, january. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. wow which hal has some numbers yeah uh, because we would they were all coming to our house i mean the first uh 12,000. <laughs> to, to your porch. To our porch. Your cute mailbox you know, we yeah, have, you guys have. We have yeah. boxes and we have a drop box for drop-offs. And so I've lifted all of them and Gina's gone through most of them to make sure that they were registered, etc. Well, people would say, well, how are you doing? And we're like, yeah, we've, got, we've gotten like 1,200 quilts. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. That's really great. And I could tell they had no idea since we'd lifted them and put them in a ho our house, how it filled up a room and then another room until we could get them moving, you know? And so I wanted to be able to give some people some points of reference that they can understand. I like it. So the first thing we started thinking about was, well, what, since I'd lifted them and we'd carry them through the airport, um, you know, what's the weight? So 21,000 quilts is about 24 tons of quilts. 
my eyeballs, elephants. Yeah, yes. my yeah. eyeballs went really big. Lacey's yeah. mouth is That open. was a jaw drop. <laughs> that was yeah. a jaw drop. Yeah. Right? That, it, yeah. It, that, you, those you quilts, can't register Those it. quilts would cover 10 acres. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And when we calculated the... Um, we did so had to make some estimates on the the value of the fabric and batting finance um Come finance idea. yeah yeah it, <laughs> it comes to about six and a half million dollars of donated fabric which Bigger is just job. yeah and then the hours are over three hundred thousand hours um and if we we decided we'd say what's an hour worth for a quilter we said twenty dollars mm-hmm. so that's also about another six and a half million so it's been about twelve and a half million dollars that quilters have donated to us to get to Ukraine, which is really an incredible thing. And then some, someone told us last night that three um, hundred three hundred fifty hours, three hundred the three hundred fifty hours of labor equal thirty thirty six uh, years or something. Yeah, thirty six years. <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. My brain yeah. didn't even compute that. Yeah. 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 So you're you're able to retire. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, our numbers, um, our donation numbers, are only getting bigger. Um, in the end of September, before we left on our trip, we had about ten thousand. So the first six months we collected about ten thousand, and the last three months we've collected uh, another yeah, 10, another ten thousand. Right. And you guys had kind of expectations of December to be slow and yes we thought people will be too busy shopping but they were not um, <laughs> we had some space donated um, which has been amazing um, yeah, civil science and engineering firm um, donated um, about 700 square feet of their basement to us and so we're very grateful to have moved it out of our house yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, and to be able to operate you know right. and it's very close off the freeway so it's easy for people to donate to it's even cool to. like I met a couple of women that come regularly, and to have that community aspect of yes. them checking in quilts and yep. sewing on bindings. Yeah, we're, really we're cool. um, we want to set up. Um, we're in the process of setting up some sewing machines. So if you want to drop your kids off at preschool and come by and just and sew just for an hour, do, you don't want my um, boys jumping on the couch again. And <laughs> yeah. Preschool. 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 That wasn't preschool. Not preschool. No. We've got a new policy. No, uh, no my boys ruined it. They no, broke. No, they were great. They were great, but. Um, you know, you have an hour or two, um, we can have some charity quilts set up and simple squares or whatever. So, right? so that's that's kind of our master plan. Well, yeah, the bigger master plan is we think we, now we do have some goals because we've seen how giving this community is. Mm-hmm. And we've had some quilt show, quilt shops collect, one quilt shop in Bountiful, over a, over a thousand quilts to that one shop. So 1,700. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. almost, you know, between 5 and 10% of all our quilts. So we know... That's possible. Maybe not that at every quilt shop. Mm-hmm. So, we're we're going to get seek some donations in a bigger way so that we can enable quilt shops to we can pay we, for the shipping. Pay for the shipping. They collect and then ship to us. And so, aside from the obvious wishes for an end to be near for Ukrainians to regain their homeland, return to family, begin rebuilding, what do you hope for in the future as far as providing quilts for those in need? Yeah. Um, like, we registered, um, uh, we became an f- official charity, and our name is Wrap the World with Quilts. Mm-hmm. We're committed to the Ukrainian campaign through 2023, but um, I don't think they're going to be settled by the end of 2023. Right. Like we'll you said, continue on. if it ends but, tomorrow. Yeah, but if another, you know, another Katrina happens or another something mm-hmm. happens that we'll be able to pivot okay. and be able to meet those needs. Um, we've, we've met with Lifting Hands, and they're providing aid in several other projects and they want us to be their partner continue on to be their partner so to know that we have again that distribution and so um i just want to give props to gina and beth this unfolded so fast and without any plan right, right. Absolutely. but they registered wrap ukraine with quilts.com and also re- registered wrap the world with quilts at the same time at, at the same time on the same order wow. basically and so at a point, Gina said, "I think 
I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. And well, because and I saw you at QuiltCon just a month before. Right. And the next time I saw you, I was like, I am so. She was confused. interviewing you one month, and, and then the, the next, next month she's in like full Rosie the Riveter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Get up. that's insane. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, but that was that was a, a quick, huge pivot. a quick pivot because it was QuiltCon, and yes. then suddenly everything. Yep. And I was so grateful we were able to go to that one before. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the you know we decided to register the charity and. And you know this is Gina's full full time thing, and maybe we find she finds some way to do Hello Cottons at the same time. But this is right now a big job, and until we get a little more organized and get some funding, um, but we're we've decided that the quilt that gives people comfort and love. There's a lot of people that need that. Um, the Ukrainians do right now, but there's people all over the world that need that comfort and love. And we've got this community that we think is going to continue to give that love to people and we just want to be the conduit to get it to where it's needed yeah so amazing so how can our listeners get involved um and then let's talk about what are some things that our non-quilty listeners can do i have a couple things here but let me know what we can help um so um you can email us at hellocottons at gmail.com um and we have a website uh wrap ukraine with quilts.com um, we always need money. I hate, you know, I've learned to ask for money. So, um, <laughs> cause sometimes for people, they don't want to do any yeah. of it and they just yes. finances. And, um, yeah. so we have a Venmo account, um, wrap the world with quilts. Okay. Um, and you could send checks to us at wrap the world quilts. Um, had no idea how much ink, paper, bags, safety pins, just the, the, the stuff that you need to prep the quilts to get them to um, had no idea. I, I pr- we've probably spent five or six thousand dollars just in ink for our copiers. So, um, so we're running on. It's so nice. People will send a quilt, and a little lady will said, "Here's three dollars to help with the, you know." And that's amazing. Any, yeah. any, amazing. So, um, so be, by becoming a charity, a five hundred one c three, all of that is tax deductible, and we can provide receipts for all of that. We would love your quilts. Um, anything handmade and it could be tied quilted crocheted knitted fleece flannel even store-bought um you know the need is huge we're also started collecting hats coats and socks um for those that aren't quilters um we've had businesses um in utah that have said yeah we're not really quilters but can we make fleece blankets for you and they've done it for team builders um, CEOs over there tying it and then they'll post on their Instagram and say hey we just made 38 quilts for Ukraine Every, meet it or beat it and so we've had businesses that have done that Qualtrics is um, they have a Seattle office, a Provo office and then randomly this isn't random, it's not a coincidence but how is they actually have a, an office in Krakow How's going to be in Krakow, and so we're going to do a humanitarian event on the same day. On the same day that they're doing this, their event. this humanitarian <laughs> event, where they're going to make fleece blankets, and so some of the people from maybe the Krakow office they can help deliver. Anyway, it's wow. Just, so there's lots of ways to help. Um, if you want to come by the shop in Thanksgiving Point, we also need help pinning and tagging and bagging and, and yeah. moving putting stuff. bindings on the quilts so don't binding, drop yeah. off in a couple yeah. weeks um, <laughs> we're having some sew-ins um, yeah. at mm-hmm. local quilt shops in Utah if you have a quilt shop that would love to participate we'd love to support that our goal is again to raise money to be able to have quilt shops be a drop-off center okay um, and then have to be able to have to be, provide them the ability to ship for free to provide them a, a UPS label. We ship with a program called the Give Back Box. It's a combination of UPS um, has a charity program where for a flat $20, you can ship up to 50 pounds to us, which is amazing. Yeah. And so to be able to provide that for quilt shops throughout the country, right. well, that's our initial goal. Um, I would we- say that people probably, you know, I see the, we see the boxes and um, I bet people have spent couple of hundred thousand dollars on shipping shipping to us so yeah so the twenty dollar shipping fees is huge and Um, we want to be able to pay for that for quilt shops you know we pay masha a little bit of a salary so some of that money would help Mm -hmm. us pay her salary Um, and then we also have requests for quilts for people who have made it to the united states or other countries and they want we have family of eight they need eight quilts i just ship some to alabama it was $95 to ship. So it was a lot of weight, but right. some of that money will be used to ship locally as well. Right. In the U.S. Locally in the U.S., yeah. So we kind of have that. And then 
long arm quilters donating their yep, services. Yep, we've had long arm quilters donate services. We've had people donate binding. We've had people that just have donated tops, and we've had other people put them together. Um, so, so and they can talk, contact you. If, can yep. I help with this? And yep, and they can email us. Yep, that would yep. be great. And then machine sponsor sponsorships as well. Yep, on the website. So you can buy a machine. Um, it's a Burnett machine. We buy them actually in Poland because electricity matches their electricity. But we can buy a machine, a rotary mat, a rotary cutter, and a mat for about two hundred and sixty dollars. That whole package. And so we will continue um, um, to buy those machines. So if you want to. If you want, we called it adopt a sewing machine. Yeah, it's so a cute. Two hundred sixty dollar donation. Oh, right, because once they get through certain yes, yeah, so they come, they'll come and use at the workshop. They um, can get certified, like in different categories. Like you, you're now a sewer, moving on to sewing two hundred one. Rotary cutting. Rotary cutting okay. and everything, and then they have the opportunity to we'll give them the machine wow. after they so they now they can take that machine home and sew with it and help others help others and. And so we're continually rotating out those machines. Yeah. Okay, so if our listeners wanted to help with those needs, what's like the walk us through the process of sending you a quilt? Yep. So um, if you make a quilt, you can go on our website, um, wrapukraneywithquilts.com. There's a donate button at the very top, and you have an option of donating a quilt or donating money. And then when you donate the quilt, you actually register it, and it's your name your email address, and your home city and state. Um, you click that button, you print off a registration form if you just want to put it in a Ziploc bag and safety pin it to the quilt. And then we get that, and then we register, we scan that QR code to say we got it, and then we ship it off. Um, if you collected quilts, we've had people that have collected 100 quilts, you don't have to register those each individually. You can just put a note in the box, and we will register them as a group. Oh, good. And it's That's under easy. one email, Okay. but we can register them as a group of a guild or something. Yeah, and we'll, we'll print out. We'll, we'll, we'll tag everyone individually, but yeah. you don't have under to. Under that one. Under that under, one. Under, under, yes. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have to. So all the messages will go back to one person. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, we encourage people, if they want to put a label on it, um, Hey, you know, made by Aunt Susie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they can put add a label, but not necessary. If they want to include a photo or a message, there's a place on the registration they can do a personal message. I made this from you. Me and my seven-year granddaughter made this quilt for you, or whatever. Okay. So, well, we have taken so much of your time, and we are so grateful. But you uh, made cookies for us. So we did make cookies. Actually, yeah. Lacey's mom made. My them. mom made them. Shout out to mom. <laughs> Shout out to mom. Sure. She only made them because she knows I don't like oatmeal raisin. But and they're, they're my favorite. Her favorite. <laughs> so it's a daughter-in-law thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So our final question: What do you think has made this such a big success? I think quilters are givers. I think they, we all, or many, have felt torn and um, upset about what's happening in Ukraine. I feel like we've set up the framework for people to give and serve in a pretty easy way. And I think that's why it's successful. And then definitely the QR code, having that connection, knowing that your quilt is getting to where it's supposed to go and that we're getting messages back from these people. And so um, we, when the people who- That's created trust. Yeah. 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 Um, And, and I guess we don't know what we're doing, so we're just doing it very authentically. You're really (laughs) good at what you're doing, Gina. And, um, and on our- Yeah, the one thing that we've, the only thing I would add to that is that we've just, all the only thing we've been certain about is our purpose and why it mattered. And that's what we've told everybody. And that's just attracted people. It's attracted people who wanted to help, who came to solve problems, who made suggestions, who great created contacts for us. Things we never could have done on our own have come yeah. because people said, I want to join this cause. Well, and you're not a company trying no. to do it for vanity yeah. and recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like just throwing it out there. Yeah. Just yeah. to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I have one small story I want to Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, um, you know, we thought that the refugees would be grateful to receive the gifts and, and the quilts, and they are. Um, they're blown away that an American would make them something. But what we found is people have been so grateful to have a place to donate. Um, we had a lady uh, from the Logan area. She was probably in her 80s. And she says, I, she pulls me aside when she's making a delivery and she, with a bunch of ladies. And she says, I, I got to tell you something. She goes, these ladies right here 
were picking me up once a month to go to sewing class. And she goes, I don't even like to sew. I'm a widow. They think I'm by myself. And so they think they're doing, you know, trying to get me out of my house, she says. And then they met you. And then they decided to meet every week. So now they're picking me up every week to make quilts. And she goes, and let me tell you what happened. I learned how to quilt. I learned how to sew. I have really good friends. I have someone to go to lunch with. I have a reason to get out of bed. No. So that, you know, that I didn't see coming. You know, that people are so grateful for the opportunity to use your talents and to give to other people to help them. And so we are grateful for, to rub shoulders with people like that. And, and then once they get a taste of it, they're like, I can do more. I've got half done projects in my closet. I've got, you know, I can do more. And so we've had many, many, many repeat people that are like, oh, I'm, I'm working on 10 more quilts for you. So that's been um, very overwhelming, very emotional for us. And um, that, that really is amazing. I, yeah. I use amazing a lot, but yeah, that's no, just an amazing um, that, you know, it's not us. It's the other people who have made this work. I so. mean, I don't think you can go out on much better of a story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is our episode. We will be back in two weeks with a new episode. Thank you so much. You can find us on Instagram at the Grateful Thread Podcast or myself at Messy Quilts. And you can find me, Ashlyn, at Urban Dwell Studio. And of course, our guests, Hal and Gina, at Hello Cottons on Instagram or RappyCreatingWithQuilts.com. Yep. Great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. The Grateful Thread podcast is created, hosted, and produced by Ashlyn Downs and Lacey Messerly. Our sound engineer is Nicholas Downs. And if you enjoyed our show, we would greatly appreciate it if you could take a quick moment to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so that we can grow this show and reach more fellow quilty friends. And so that we have an excuse to keep getting together and recording this little passion project. Bye, Bye Threadheads! Bye.